0: Bed Bar Canada, inside the D Hotel and Casino. It's Cofield and Company. We're
1: gonna compete, we're gonna have a team that's easy to root for. Diving on the floor, making plays for each other, get the Thomas and Matt crowd on their feet. We all know this town knows basketball and you know they, they appreciate the hustle and the grit and the determination when those guys make those hustle and winning plays. We're going to work our tails off to get people back into the Thomas and Mac and and play a style of basketball that, that the city will be proud of and that UNLV fans across the country will be proud of.
2: Off the floor,
3: Baker, Harper, elevates from deep. No! Rebound mark! And the Houston Cougars survive and advance!
0: It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield. ESPN Las Vegas. All right, big day here at Bar Canada
3: on a Monday. We're here every Monday through the end of the hockey season, just about every Monday. Another Knights game tonight against the Blues. Adam Hill is across the way. It's Cofield. We got six NCAA tournament games on the way. Big news locally is Kevin Krueger getting the UNLV job that happened uh, yesterday around, uh, oh, I don't know, about 5 o'clock. I'll tell you where I was and what I was watching. <laughs> kind of, of kind of up and down, kind of up and down at that at that point from a, a happiness standpoint. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, we'll get you set for what happened earlier today. In a situation that feels weird, right? Monday, closing out the first round of the tournament. I'm, I'm still having trouble adjusting to it. Uh, this morning, when I started, you know, getting to work, I was like, "Oh, that's right." Like we're games tonight. Like we got a game the early morning because they they like to stack a couple of games early and then everything gets pushed to the afternoon and evening for the folks in the Eastern time zone. But uh, yeah, we got a VTK game tonight. We'll get into that a little bit. Busy day, busy day, Adam. And the NCAA's have been completely crazy. So uh, first of all, let's set up the uh, Knights game tonight. Uh, what happened this weekend, and then uh,
1: what's on the line tonight, and where are we with the goaltenders? Yeah, the uh, five game winning streak came to an end an uh, effort against the kings this weekend where um you know it was uh i think one of those just those games where the kings were sick of losing to the golden knights uh, they'd been beat up by them a little bit and just kind of came came through with a a big effort And i think you see that every once in a while in the regular season where uh you know maybe the better team is not at their sharpest and the uh the inferior opponent kind of comes in and uh, really put together a strong effort and I think that the Golden Knights look like they maybe had uh, some tired legs a little bit. They do get a couple of days coming off uh, up here fairly soon so that should be good for them. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the winning streak came to an end. They had won five in a row. They'd been playing really, really well. Uh, lost three to one uh, and that was a game that Marc-Andre Fleury came back after Robert, Robin Leonard uh, had played uh, the game before. Uh, so Marc-Andre Fleury is the one uh, who uh, who takes the loss, but still did not, you know, it wasn't like he played terribly it was a 3-1 a game and he, he had a pretty good effort, so I think the Knights right now are in a spot where Leonard comes back, plays really well, Flory's been playing well for much of the season, and now you can kind of have both guys, I think you probably go back to going back and forth and rotating rotating them like the plan was before the season. Alright,
3: we had a good conversation on the podcast on Friday night on DC and the Sunshine Man, and uh, Willie Ramirez and Dave Koken disagree with Adam on the split, but we'll get to that in a little bit. All right. NCAA tournament, uh, I, I think both you and I said it's going to be kind of crazy because you just don't know how good the teams are that got seeded up high. Um, the way it's played out so far is about, listen, I didn't expect, you know, 12, 11, 15, you know, a chance for more super high seeds to advance today. I didn't expect this much Armageddon, but what I, what I did worry about going in was outside of Baylor and Gonzaga, I don't know that anyone else was great coming into the tournament. And boy, it unfolded that way because, uh, Loyola's moved on. I guess UNLV figured let's not wait on Porter Moser because he ain't going to be available because he's he's power five destined now if, uh, if he's going anywhere. But Illinois getting bumped out was gigantic. Ohio State as a two. Getting bumped out was massive. So this is just complete chaos. That all said, are either one of us, because I know I'm not going to, are either one of us going to grade a conference and their season based on this tournament? Do you want to do it? No, but everybody, everybody's doing it. And I know I saw the, you Can know, you the... explain again why that is stupid? Well, or, or does the Big Ten deserve to be smacked around a little bit that they got over-seated? Uh Because just like the Pac-12 could come out of this looking unbelievable, I mean, I think the Pac-12 is a little underrated, but it doesn't mean that the Pac-12 is a better conference than this or that one.
1: In one and two game sets. Or am yeah, I wrong? Is it different this year? It's complete random matchups. It's random and matchups. that's the other thing. It's random occurrences. That's the other thing. You've no, you've, there's nothing you do. Now, I think when, you know, if the Big Ten is out today completely, which it's possible that happens, yeah. um, yes, I'm sure a lot of people read into it. And there's something to be said maybe that you have that many teams and we look at them that, you know, all year long. We look at these teams play and we think one well, thing about them. And and I I agree with that. I've told
3: you all year long that the middle of the Big Ten, you know, when you start getting to like six, seven, eight, nine teams, those teams are not any better than the teams I watched in the Mountain West Conference up close. They're just not. Now, that said, uh, we, you know, we just heard a highlight from my school, Rutgers. They were the better team yesterday. They freaking collapsed in the final four minutes, but that's actually one of the teams on the back end that got in. Um, I, I, I truly believe, you know, the body of work during the season is more important than generally what you do in the tournament it
1: it doesn't mean that a conference is overrated or this team sucked it's way more important the regular season is far more important more games is a bit is a longer sample size it's more telling uh one-off games are like whoever the winner of a one-off game doesn't mean that team's better it just doesn't
2: what they won
1: the game I, i know it just doesn't mean that and
3: this is the this is the unfortunate outcome and narrative that you get from Virtually, what 90 percent group of sports media people who haven't watched the entire season, right. so they just wean their takes from one game or two games. Yeah. Which, which logically, um, I you know, it's funny. I'll mention the the uh, podcast that we do on Friday nights. That's a ten thirty start. Dave Cokins in with us is DC and the Sunshine Man. And I started getting on Dave a little bit. I was like Dave, because he was kind of going down that path. I'm like Dave, you're a gambler. Like if anyone should know, it's sports gamblers that one off and two and, and, and uh, like a second game spot. It doesn't mean a whole lot. You're supposed to be, like, even-keeled when you're when you're playing the game. And I'll tell you, that crowd, the crowd that has exploded of, you know, sports gambling experts, they're the worst with the hot takes.
1: <laughs> Conference yeah, sucks.
3: Sure. This team sucks. Terrible. I mean, stop.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's, it's amazing. But also, like, yes, you're right about how gamblers should see the world, and especially the world of sports, and how— like you shouldn't overreact to small sample sizes, and, and we get all those things, um, but also gamblers are very like passionate and very like overreactionary in a spur of the moment. Like yeah. you're not going to be necessarily tomorrow. Like tomorrow, you you realize that you can you, know, you can come back and, and have a very logical uh, read into a game, but like in the moment, we know how they are. We know we we know Dave Dave on Twitter is you know oh this is the worst performance of all time. Like okay, it, it's it's easy. Uh, but then the next day you, you understand that you have to refocus, uh, recalibrate and, and go forward. but in the moment there is there is that passion and that uh, you know that kind of uh, uh, maybe overreaction and then you have to you know sleep on it and, and you know recalibrate yourself. So I think that's what happens sometimes in that situation. Some pissed off fan bases, you know even if they had a good season and they've had a couple
3: of good years, the tournament punches you sure right in the freaking gut. I, I saw a lot of reaction. Uh, anti-Shaka Smart. I'm like, we're doing this again because Texas lost? I mean, he, they, they haven't had success in the tournament with him, so that is a problem. Sure. So it's not a one-year thing, but alright, I guess if you want to fire Shaka Smart, someone will pick him up. Go ahead. Texas, act like act like the football program on the basketball side, as if you, did, you didn't already make the mistake in the first place by getting rid of Rick Barnes. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I think uh, he's been on the hot seat for a couple of years. It seems like every year you do that, and then every, every year he comes back the next year and has a really good season, and um, then you maybe uh, start talking about that again. But, um, yeah, I think it would be kind of silly for them to part ways with this, especially late in the process where maybe some of your options are a little bit more limited uh, with, you know, you, you kind of got behind a little bit with the, the hiring process. So we just had Oklahoma bow out of the tournament. My God, if you bet Oklahoma plus, ugh. did you bet it? No, that last two and a half minutes was a nightmare. I mean, were, they're
3: were they're plus 15 and a half. The game's sitting between, you know, in the second half, between like 9 and 11 most of the time. And then you look up, it's a 16-point final. It was 9 with 2.46 left. Uh,
1: I know that feeling. And uh, then Oklahoma, yeah. Oklahoma <laughs> had... Covers one thing, losing the game is yeah. another. Uh, Oklahoma did have two free throws the last uh, 30 seconds, missed one, made one. So the other, if you if would have made the other, they would have got it within 15, and nobody took a shot after that. Well, Gonzaga he- heaved one up to beat the shot clock, but they weren't really trying to score. Uh, So yeah, that's a brutal beat, and then
3: Oklahoma didn't try to try to score at the end. I can only imagine uh, Lon Kruger's emotions right now. Right, yeah, you're you're disappointed. You lost to a big favorite. You lost to a one, but you were certainly in the game. You got off to a great start. At the same time, you know, you're a day removed from finding out your son is getting his first, you know, big time job, and he's you know doing the press
1: conference minutes before you start. Right, Uh, yeah, that and. He had the moment yesterday where he was doing his prep and, you know, got the phone call from Kevin and that was kind of out there on social media. But uh, and and they kind of joked about it in there, like, "Well, it's uh, you know kind of a bittersweet day. I got to prepare for Gonzaga, but this is a great moment uh, that you're playing." He he knew what he's up against, and uh, they gave a good effort. They played, uh, they played well in spots. Uh, Gonzaga is just a complete juggernaut. I would say Gonzaga did not play their best game in Oklahoma. Uh, you know played fairly well and you know a large majority of the game and it still wasn't close. It's crazy I mean the, like I said the final score It seemed like it should be more of a 9 to 11 a point game as you said, but in the end They pull away a little bit and then miss a free throw and they cover
3: Gonzaga and Baylor are awesome So they, they were are. clearly the two best teams during the season Baylor had a couple of struggles down the stretch I, I felt like going into the tournament people were Fading on them and you watch you watch them against Wisconsin. I mean they've just got NBA players all over the place uh, just, just a physical team. You, there's just, there's a certain level that NBA prospects are at that the mere mortal college basketball player is not. And Wisconsin's good, but they just, they're just not strong and big enough and athletic enough to compete with Baylor. So, all right, well, give me your take. Give me your take. Kevin Kruger's the uh, next coach at UNLV. I am not shocked by it. I thought it was laughable over the weekend. All these names, as people did favors for them, emerging, and people yesterday are like. Jason Kidd's the favorite. I'm like, no. I'm like, Jason Kidd is not a thing. No. No. So this this is part of the game is folks getting their name in the mix so they can get their name in the mix other places so they have leverage at their current workplace. As far as a short list, what do you know? Was it was the list as short as one with Kevin Kruger, or was there a longer list?
1: Who else was considered? I mean, I think there was, there's always, you're always going to consider and you're always going to be open and – um, as you said, one of the parts of, of these processes are always all the people that get their name out, whether themselves or th- through an intermediary. And it's kind of it's kind of a quid pro quo thing. Like the the school, you know, they'll they'll allow that to kind of get out there. And okay, hey, you can get your name out here, and you know, it'll add more kind of uh, interest in our job, and also you know, boost our profile a little bit that people are interested. Sure. Right. At the same time, we help you out by getting your name out there. I, I think. You saw what today it emerged. Indiana leader, Mike Woodson. Like, oh, okay, he was begging for this job. Supposedly. So Larry, basically, who's the source on it? Is it Larry Brown? Uh,
3: yeah. Okay. So he's basically calling around all these schools and trying to get Mike Woodson's name, yeah, in the mix as a favor. Yeah. Now that, that that's a more natural mix, sure. Than UNLV. I mean, sure. when it came out with UNLV, it was like, come on, who's you know who's calling on this one? Yeah.
1: It's just a. It's a weird. It's a very weird game. The. Uh, the coaching search game where you know all these things are going on and there's all these moving pieces but to me in the end like it seems like kevin Kruger was the favorite from the beginning and was going to probably get the job from the beginning uh did you really think that you thought he was No, I'm saying in retrospect oh now you look back yeah you look, that he, okay. he had a leg up on everyone else sure and that was you know the i mean i think it was the first name that we mentioned here uh that was day one okay like kevin Kruger makes a lot of sense I know what you said was hey he's going to be a coach somewhere in the next couple of years. Why not, you know, jump ahead of the line and and take him before somebody else does? That makes some sense. Uh, I thought Todd Simon should be in the mix too. That was one of the other first names, but uh, all these a, a lot of these other names that were thrown out were just kind of, you know, were just kind of noise and that was the, the it's the coaching game that is played every time. Did you see some uh, Rebels fans are mad.
3: They wanted a big name. Sure. They wanted someone who is a more loquacious,
1: bigger personality. How do you respond to that? Well, I don't think anybody's going to care about personality if they win. That's that's the you know that's the the end game here. That
3: well, I think they're tying it to attendance. Sure, but I also I don't well, also,
1: believe I, I believe the
3: attendance bump with a big name would be for a half a dozen games, and if the team's not achieving and looking good, then that'll fizzle out pretty quickly. It's got to be in the end it's results it's in the end it's buying into unlv basketball being legit you know a legit team legit program that can make the tournament can compete for a top three spot in the mountain west conference i think people will jump on board uh, when that happens but the the name the name value fades pretty quickly
1: absolutely it does it's the way to get back to what to that level is winning winning is what matters and the fact that you know, as much as we all love Kevin and think he's a great guy, like no, he's not. He's not owning press conferences. He's not going to dominate. You know, uh, dominate the room when he's trying to get, make a speech like to, to us or he's trying to talk to us. That doesn't matter. Winning is what matters. And you know, he obviously come from, you know, a very uh very illustrious coaching family with his dad. Uh, you know, I, I think that he's kind of been wanting to do this for a long time. We've kind of known even when he's a player that he was a coach. Uh, that's just it's what he was kind of, you know, angling toward and born to do. So I think it's a good hire. I'm glad they grabbed um, glad
3: they grabbed him early. I think there's some continuity here they can hold together much of the roster. We'll see, I'm not predicting that, you know, there's gonna be ninety percent of the roster back, but they've got a chance. But we will caution everyone there have been plenty of sons hired of coaching greats. And a lot of them don't work out. Right? Richard Petino is now on his I'll call it his second job. He had a job right before Minnesota. But you know, took him a while. Well, I don't even know he's there yet. I was going to say, it took him a while yeah. to get there. He's he's yeah. not he's not there yet, right? Pat Knight tried. He was not his dad. You know, we've seen John Thompson the third, Ronnie Thompson, not quite their dad. So you know, the goods are there. I, for me, the difference with uh, Kevin, I I do think he's a next level basketball mind, and I do think he's a complete coach. Like I think he's going to be very solid with the X's and O's. It's not just recruiting off his name, and I think he will be a recruiter because we've already heard about some of the recruiting trail victories, uh, not only here but at, at Oklahoma where you know local uh, Jalen Hill, Kevin helped win that battle over Marvin Menzies and staff. So uh, I'm excited to see what he does recruiting. I think he's going to be a good X's and O's guy. I think he has a chance to be a good coach. I hope the community supports him. I liked a lot of what he said. We're going to play the press conference later on in the 5 o'clock hour, but I liked a lot of what he said. In terms of connecting with the community again, I think that has been missed with the last two head coaches. Uh, I don't want to kill Otzelberger over because I think he got – clearly he got dealt a raw hand because you couldn't connect because of freaking COVID. But my guess is that he was he was going to be nose to the grindstone guy and not really out doing any more of you know the Otz tours. That was not going to happen. Um, I think Kevin, like his dad, realized the importance of building this thing from the ground up, and Lon did a brilliant job. When, when Lonkruger came in here, Adam, you remember? I mean, things were down in the freaking dumps. Like, it needed to be raised from the ground up at, like, every level. It wasn't just recruiting or winning. There had to be a lot of community outreach to get people jacked up again. And now, even more so
1: than ever, because you've got competition with Major League Sports. And I think he's going to do that. Yeah, no question. I think he, he understands that. And that's how part of the game he's definitely going uh, to understand from his dad. Uh, so I think that makes sense. And. By the way, it's not going to be too long until he has his dad around. Like, not not as a coach, not that he's on the staff or anything like that, but, you know, definitely somebody to, to bounce ideas off of that will be around the program all the time because he's not going to be at Oklahoma forever. Uh, so I I assume he'll be retired soon, and he'll have that resource as well to help out with. Uh, I, just, I think there's a lot of positive things in place for him. Now he's got to go prove it. He's got to go do it for sure. Like, as you said, Tough you, job. Can't, you can't yep. live, you know, your dad can help you get a job. Like, your dad can help you, you know, get your start, and, and the name carries a lot of value in the in the coaching world for sure, and that's all great. got to go win. We're at
3: Bar Canada. It's normally our big hockey puck party, and the Knights will be on later on, but we got six basketball games unfolding here over the next uh, four hours as uh, Abilene Christian just hit the court against UCLA, so you know for sure an 11 or a 14 <laughs> is going to advance in this field with all these other double digit seeds that have advanced in the field. we got great games coming up later on, and there are two games in the book is uh, Oregon has advanced and so did Gonzaga. There's a pitcher special down here on Coors Light and Heineken. There's a, a collectible cup you can get as well. Ask the uh, bartenders down here about that. It's Bar Canada, the D, on a Monday, on a hockey Monday, on an NCAA tournament Monday.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. <laughs>
3: Having watched Kevin Kruger up close for the last few years, I am confident that he embodies what we need right now for Running Mount Rebel basketball. He cares about our student athletes. He wants to help them achieve their hopes and their dreams. His integrity, self-awareness, steady and consistent leadership, character and
1: determination, coupled with the love for this university, this city, this state, it's unparalleled.
0: Hanging at Bar Canada inside the D. It's Cofield and Company. Blues
3: nights tonight, 7 o'clock. we got NCAA games going on right now as another one is underway. We'll get you an update quickly here on uh, UCLA. And Abilene Christian, another one of the uh, outsiders, unknowns, like Oral Roberts. ORU is already in the Sweet 16. We'll see if uh, Abilene Christian can upset the apple cart. And, yeah, UCLA seated 11th, Adam, but come on. It's UCLA. It's a blue blood. This would be a shocker to see Abilene Christian move on. You see some of the highlights uh, during their first game of uh, some of their action at, at home. My God. What, their gym? Yes. It's impressive. It really is. It's, it's amazing. And this is why college basketball is awesome because you don't need – you know, a core of freaking 17 guys like you need in football. I mean, you know, you need more than that, obviously. But you, like you can turn around a program with, you know, five or six guys and a couple of really good players. And so you have, uh, all, you know, all these Cinderella's doing a great job in this tournament. Uh, Kevin Kruger's not a Cinderella hire, right? No. In terms of this was not a – it's not a massive shock. I think it's a bit surprising to some UNLV fans. And as we pointed out, you know, a couple minutes ago, and really throughout this very short search – you know, a lot of the times when you see big names floated out there, it's something that's created on the Internet or, you know, it's reps calling about a job, want to get the word out. And I just never believe that uh, any of those big names, patino Kidd, Conzo Martin, who are some of the other big names out there? I mean, I had, I had 65, you know, a list of 65 compiled. The yeah, Woodson… I just never believe that any of them actually fit the profile either of what Desiree Reed Francois wants. And you heard her at the end of that bite. She talked about, and she, you know, I'll have to go back. I don't think she said the same thing. I don't know how she could about TJ Otzenberger. But you noticed at the end, she mentioned he wants to be here. He loves this city. He loves this program when talking about Kevin Kruger. Yeah. And that was going to be the leg up that Kruger had, that maybe a Todd Simon had, that maybe a Stacey Augman had. You know, the thing with Stacy though, is like, I just—I haven't heard him in for any other jobs. No, no, definitely like not. I'm sure he was very angry walking away from UNLV the last time around. Well, really, it was before it was when the interim was named with Simon, right? right. And then after that, well, like, then go out and get a college job.
1: Yeah, and I, I think I would he would agree. have
3: been in position if he had you know you know multiple whatever 18 game winning season. Well, he's been a lot. He's been out longer than that, so he's had like five seasons to go out. And get a job and put up some numbers, and I think he would have really been in consideration.
1: I would agree. I think that's absolutely true. And uh, I, I know that there's also people that are still, you know, not happy that he was so uh, angry and kind of outspoken about being angry. I've seen other people say that Stacy Ogman shouldn't have to beg and grovel. No one's asking him to beg and grovel. No.
3: It's going to and and the retort could be, "Hey, you know what? Why why does Stacy have to go get a head coaching job when Kevin hasn't had one?"
1: All right, touche. Sure. sure. But he also is on staff. I mean, it was it's an easy transition over. Like, there's a lot of factors that are there. I, I think, um, it's perfectly, it's a perfectly good question of, of why he wasn't really involved, why he didn't get it. I think, you know, like I said, I think that there are some people that are not happy with, um, how things went down at the end of his his time here, uh, in Las Vegas, and you understand why he was upset about that. Like you, you get it on both sides, but sometimes, not that you know, I, I don't want to say the bridges were burned, but they were, they were at least. Um, you know, uh, what like warmed up? Like, I don't know how you how you start a fire, but you don't actually it doesn't actually uh, finish the job. But it there was, you know, there was a little bit of fire there.
3: That was a bad pass for you to go down. There was no ending for it. I, I There's no I expertise know I was on starting a
1: fire, so None. Right. I'm
3: like he, they, <laughs> the the bridges weren't burned, but he was definitely rubbing sticks together. I don't know. There's some embers
1: flying in the direction of the bridge know. from another fire. I, I don't, I, I don't know sure. either. I, I don't have the answer for you. I, I, it's a, it was a bad, like you said. There was no ending to that, so it was just going to go around. And like, oh. I'm, I'm stuck in
3: the wilderness with you know needing to eat something. I, it's all raw. I'm not. There's no cooking done. I'm not starting a fire. So I'm just.
1: Happen. I'm just going to sleep until I die. You would just give up. Like, I was like, all right, that's it.
3: Uh, top goals. We're going to get to Steve Henson, who was on the Lon Kruger staff, coach Kevin, in college, and obviously very tight with the Kruger family. We're going to get to him here in two minutes. Um, top goal. Top goal, get out on the transfer market, collect a bunch of players, or retain, like, everyone on this roster. Because I don't think everyone's going to be retained. But no. Top goal would be get a quick answer here from Bryce Hamilton, and then at least you know what direction you have to go in. Same thing with David Jenkins.
1: Yeah, I would think so. And uh, um, I think, you know, talking to the recruits that are in the mix and seeing who you, know, who you can keep and That's who you can't.
3: Arthur Kaluma and Gilbert, you got to get on them really quickly. Yeah. Don't want to have
1: one of your recruits sending out a tweet that they haven't been talked to in four days. Right. Yeah, that's be not good. good. No, so I think that's it, and and it, it helps, you know that this part of it helps that he's been on the staff, and he he's you know already been in contact with those guys, he already knows those guys, he's already been part of the process of getting him here. That'll also help probably keep them coming here if they, um, you know if if he can say, hey, listen, it's not going to be much change, whatever, what you committed to is exactly what we're going to have here uh, at UNLV. So, uh, you know, give me a shot. I think that that makes that part of it easier. So I think it's that. And, and you're right, talking to the guys that are here, uh, both as recruits and, and the guys that were already on the team, and just seeing who you're going to have. Who do we have, and then what do we have to go get? What do our, you know, our targets need to be in the recruiting period?
3: Let's find out more about Kevin Kruger on the way back. He's the new coach at UNLV, and uh, one of his former coaches is coaching down to UT San Antonio. Steve Henson is on the way.
0: Visit Cofield's Corner on lvSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews. Not to the outside, Washington off the market. It's over.
2: It's March. Expect the unexpected.
1: Oral Roberts has pulled off the upset. Lewis for the tie.
0: You're listening to Cofield & Company, live at Bar Canada, inside the D.
3: Monday's mean hockey, but right now it means basketball too. NCAA tournament as UCLA up 16-12 on Abilene Christian. Early on, Abilene Christian, one of the uh, upset darlings in this tournament, a 14 trying to make it to the Sweet 16, a 15's already in the Sweet 16. That Midwest bracket is pretty much wrecked. That's a crazy one. No pressure, Kelvin Sampson. No pressure. You're a two with all double-digit seeds. Come on, bro. Make it to the final four if you can. They didn't look great yesterday. I'll tell you that. For most of the game, for about 36 minutes, they didn't look great. But when they needed to, you could see, uh, you know, five-star Kansas recruit Quentin Grimes played the part. He was he was freaking awesome. Earl Roberts on the way back. They have some players. They have some players. We're going to get into some of the other stories around Earl Roberts because it's some interesting stuff. I don't think it's going to be a great week for them. I think the media is going to get after him a little bit uh, for some of the stuff that goes on around that school. But like I said just a couple of minutes ago, and this goes for UNLV too, it's, you can win at a high level if you nail it on four or five players, You know, even three players, and you have a good culture and you can grow old together. You can be one of these teams. That's why all this stuff the last week or so, where people were all down in the dumps, it's not impossible for UNLV to become a power again. It's just not. They just haven't had the right mix. But you see it, it's it's certainly possible at
1: lower levels. Yeah, there's no question. And, you know, UNLV has done it in the past. We know not only in their glory days, but they've had, you know, good runs uh, in the Mountain West. It just, there's been a lot of shakeup in the coaching staff, which doesn't help. Uh, continuity would be very helpful. And I think that's one of the big things that they're hopeful for uh, with the hire of Kevin Kruger, somebody who has you know, been a part of some big success here at UNLV, uh, been on some good coaching staffs uh, as an assistant coach, and, you know, as Desiree pointed out during the press conference, wants to be here. I think that was a key phrase of somebody that would love to take this job and just do amazing things with it and be, you know, not necessarily a lifetime coach, but, like, this is a really, really, you know, important city to him an important university and uh somebody who's not going to be called you know quote unquote home uh, like the last <laughs> couple of coaching hires have
0: join the conversation on twitter at cofield and co
2: another easy layup of figaro and the oregon ducks gets a shot up, and that'll take us to the finish line. And the Oregon Ducks out of the Pac-12,
3: headed
0: to the Sweet 16. Hanging at Bar Canada, inside the D, it's Cofield and Company.
3: Oregon with the win against Iowa, pretty easy too. And the amazing thing is 95 on the board for Oregon and their bench basically didn't score so to get most of your 95 uh from your starters pretty impressive but it's a it's an impressive group of transfers that Dane altman and the ducks have put together and pac-12 looking good in this tournament let's talk a little more about the hire of kevin Kruger and a guy who coached him and is now coaching down in san antonio a uh, former lon Kruger staffer for a long time steve henson is up with cofield and company here in vegas all right coach
2: Doing great. How you guys doing? We're good. We're good. We're
3: uh, we're at a sports bar. You know, things are opening up a little bit here in Vegas, so we're getting back to uh, some normalcy, so that's cool. And uh, we got the good news yesterday that Kevin Krueger is getting his first chance to be a head coach. Pretty cool, right?
2: Oh, my God. We were so fired up. Uh, yeah, so happy. I mean, still still gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. I'm so happy for Kevin and his family and, and for UNLV. It's just uh, – uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. He's going to do a great job, and uh, he's prepared for it, and he's he's going to be passionate about it. Just couldn't be more excited.
1: At at what point, like, we've always kind of talked about Kevin, even since he was a player, as being a future coach and a potential coach. Obviously, his dad had something to do with that, but uh, just who Kevin is. But at what point were you like, yeah, this guy's going to be a coach, and he's probably going to be pretty good?
2: Oh, a while back. I mean, he just had to to go through the, the steps. You know, just it's not not even from a knowledge standpoint. It's just you got you got to do it. You got to get on, get on the road and do the recruiting piece. You got to get on the court. You got to do the scouting reports. Um, and he did that, you know. And uh, um, so it was, and the progression was terrific for him. He, he got a, he got a shot. You know, he went the GA route, and then he got on the road, and then he got got with, with coach at, at OU, and then the bounce back there uh, two years ago to to his alma mater was, was an awesome opportunity for him. And uh, um, he's you know. He's covered his bases. He's ready to go. So I, I've known for a long time. Uh, it was just just a matter of finding the right situation, and, and obviously, this is it.
1: So, you uh, you mentioned you know this taking the steps. Like the question that a lot of people had is is he ready? I mean, I don't know if you're ever truly ready uh, for what you're going to experience as a head coach, but you know, is he ready now to be a head coach at a you know at a major college?
2: Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean. Um, there's certain things you, you can't, you just can't prepare for. You get thrown in the fire and you figure it out along the way. But with his background and his his feel, um, he, he gets that he's been around it his entire life. You know, he's been around the offices, he's been around the decisions that have to be made. Um, yeah, there's, there's, he's going to get some surprises every now and then. But but he's he's prepared. Uh, he, he's going to get thrown in the fire, and, and you know, the next 48 hours are going to be the busiest 48 hours <laughs> he's ever had in his life. His phone's blowing up right now, and uh, he's got. Guys wanting to be hired. He's got high school coaches going to push their players. He's got AAU coaches pushing their players. He's got friends trying to congratulate him, and his his world is just going to be spinning. But it would be whether he was getting his third head job or fourth head job. That's just the nature of it. Um, But absolutely, he'll be fine.
3: Steve Henson, former Long Kruger staffer, now running the uh, things down at UT San Antonio. Coach Kevin Kruger knows the Kruger family very well. How is he different than his dad from a personality standpoint? They're not exact clones.
2: No, they're not. I mean, <laughs> there's there's a lot of similarities there for sure. Um, you know, he's he's, he's Coach Crutcher's so close to the best. Kevin, Kevin is to a large degree as well, but but probably a little less that way, a little less conservative in a lot of regards. Um, but it's a lot easier to talk about the similarities than the differences, and that's the beauty of it. Is is You know the things that Coach Kruger has done to be so successful are the same things that Kevin will do. He he relates to people. People like him. He's he's going to treat everybody the right way. He's going to do it with class. He's going to be humble. He's going to be secure. Um, He's going to be fiery. You know, and people don't know that about about Coach Kruger as much. They don't always understand how competitive he was and still is, just because he handles everything with such class. You know, and um, Kevin will Kevin will get emotional, I'm sure, on the sidelines, and probably the way that. Coach did earlier in his career, but, but again, he's going to handle it with the same amount of class and dignity, and, and represent everybody in a first-class way.
3: Talking about the hire of uh, Kevin Kruger, Steve Henson coached him as an assistant at UNLV from 2004 to 2011. You you talked about your phone blowing up the first couple of days, so you, you've been through this trying to put a staff together. What does happen the next couple of days, and and who makes the who gets to make the decision in terms of you know who's on the bench along with you?
2: Yeah, I'm sure that that. that Kevin and Desiree had that conversation as they were going through the process. In some cases, um, you know, the head coach will have total control of it in a situation like this. I don't know all the conversations they've had. Um, but, you know, he's going to – it's a very important part of it. You know, you has got to hire the right staff. Obviously, they got to get some people from guys they're going to recruit. That's a huge part of it. Um, sometimes when people – and I don't know, don't know if this is the case, but sometimes when a guy gets their first opportunity um, – the ADs have a little more comfort if they hire somebody that's had some head coaching experience. Uh, that makes sense. That's logical. Uh, but I, I don't know what conversations they had. But, yeah, he's going to get bombarded from, from, I mean, literally within, within seconds. Uh, we were watching games with my son, my family last night. We were watching games, and, and uh, my son said, I didn't know Kevin was going to get the UNLV job. I said, well, I heard he got a great shot at it. And, and he said, no, he got it. And within seconds, my phone rang four times. <laughs> For people wanting to get to me, to get to Kevin, to put in name name in for him, and so uh, it's just just part of it. He, he, he may have a great idea right now of, of who he's hiring.
0: Oh
3: yeah, uh, when you guys took over, do you remember sort of the grassroots effort to not win Vegas back, but I just you know. I just remember, and I think Kevin's going to do this, and he mentioned it a couple times during the press conference. But I just remember Lon coming in, and it was like, it wasn't just enough for Lon with his resume to come in and go, hey, I'm Lon Kruger, you're going to come to the games. Like, he made a real effort to win back the community before you guys even got on the floor.
2: Yeah, I remember that very, very distinctly in in a lot of different areas. You know, you certainly wanted to connect with the city, um, with the fans, with the donors, but with the former players as well. And, and I think that was a very important piece of it. And some people uh, were surprised that he was working that hard at it. Some people, uh, in fact, he was told by some people he shouldn't do that. And, and he said, absolutely, we're going to do it. We're going to have open practices. We're going to get those people to rally back and be proud of their school. That's the way it should be. The former players should, should look forward to coming back. They should be proud of their, their, their former school. And, and, uh, and coach, coach is terrific at that. Again, he's such a good people person and, and Kevin, Kevin will do that to a large degree, and,
1: and I'm sure he'll have a lot of
2: help with it. There's people excited about it. Um, you know, I, I was on social media read, reading about it prior to Kevin getting it, and it sounded like they had a lot of support in that regard. So um, I, I know he'll get out there and, and, and hustle every chance he gets.
3: How did you guys handle transfers? Because obviously that was a big part of the program. Um, I mean, there's even more available now, and the thing is you got to re-recruit your own guys to make sure they don't transfer. But that's going to have to be part of the building process and probably – part of long-term success for Kevin at
2: UNLV? Well, the transfer deal is, is here to stay, and it's going to be to a level that no one can comprehend right now. I mean, it's just it's just impossible to even try to figure it out. Yeah, we, we had a real nice niche there when we were coaching there. We uh, we got a bunch of those Pac-10 guys that, that uh, we recruited on the front end and didn't get them, and then we bounced back. We had some of those guys that, that went all the way across the country, Kentucky and uh, Memphis, and bounced back to us. Uh, West Coast guys, so uh, that, that's been a part of it for a long time for certain programs, and, and I thought we had a lot of success there with that, but it's going to be the case for everyone right now. The transfer portal has gone for, from three or 400 to the last I saw earlier today. It was 685 kids were in the transfer portal today, and there's still quite a few teams playing. So uh, it'll be over 1,000 here in a matter of days, and um, the kids are all, you know, just, just the thought that they don't have to sit out uh one year has changed things dramatically so you have to you have to recruit accordingly you have to make sure you don't get caught without scholarships uh when there are players available and uh you got to have again so much of it is about relationships it's kind of a cliche but it really is you know you you have to work really hard to know the right people uh when those kids are available you can get on the phone with the right people and have a shot at them
3: steve henson former uh assistant is the head coach now uh, going back uh five years now at UT San Antonio. I'll ask you about your, your current situation. Uh, what's the transfer portal like for you? It's like, you know, it's it can be great because you can have guys coming from power fives maybe to, you know, look for a second chance in San Antonio, but then you could also have elite guys who are then being poached. Like I said, it's like you're trying to, you know, you're being trying to be aggressive to build a roster, but you also got to protect it.
2: Yeah, great point. You know, we, and we've had, we had two guards here the last four years that were high major players that uh, absolutely lit it up for four years. And we never really worried about them transferring out because A, they loved it here, but B, they didn't want to sit. And, and when that rule, before that rule was in place. And, uh, so we were comfortable knowing that they just didn't want to sit out of here. They were going to stay. But yeah, uh, at, at every level, it's not just, just mid majors getting poached from high majors. The high majors, you get, get, get a starter that just thinks he needs a few more shots, a few more minutes. Um, you're going to, you're going to have to re recruit your own guys. And, um, Again, it's impossible to, to, to comprehend how, how big it's going to be. I mean, there's I saw one program in our league had five going to the portal in one day. Uh. Um, that stuff's going to continue to be the case at our level. Uh, some of the successful teams have, have been, you know, the last three or four years have had uh, transfers. SEC transfer comes in and has a, has a big impact on, on our league. Uh, there's been a lot of situations like that. Uh, there's Division Two kids that have got, come in to the programs and had big impacts. There's been kids from our league that have been transferred up um, uh, and, and had tons of success. So uh, it's not a big difference, you know, with, with individuals. Right. Certainly, the, 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 the most elite programs have much more depth and, and more elite players. But the difference between mid major plus and high major minus is, is pretty uh, small.
3: I always wonder when you're recruiting at you know your place or you know going back to Oklahoma and UNLV, especially at UNLV. When when guys ask about playing professional basketball, is the conversation only about the NBA, or does it is it about you know just playing in the pros in general? You had a lengthy pro career between the NBA, and then you went around the world. You know, we were looking into some former teammates of Kevin. Uh, Michael Lume is still playing. I think he's in France. I know Renee is in France. Like, t- like that's one of the things no one ever talks about in recruiting. Like, it's not just the NBA. If you can get a a ten, a ten or twelve year career just making money playing basketball uh that's a positive and if there's a place turning out players like that's uh, that that could be a place you want to be
2: yeah for sure and we talk about that a lot and some guys some guys i mean virtually every guy comes in with the thought that they're going to be an nba player and, and some of them you know realize a little bit earlier than others that that may be a long shot and then uh some of them are realistic but but yeah yeah we we sell both you know it's to play bat to to get paid to play the game is, is a great thing. Yeah. It beats working, you know. And <laughs> and, and it's a it can you can have a great life and a great career uh, playing basketball all over the world. Uh, so it, it probably depends. Again, it's the highest level. You're probably going to have you know 10, 11 out of thirteen think they're going to be playing the NBA all the way until they don't. You know, uh, the mid major level. You're going to have uh, ten or eleven or twelve that think they're going to play professionally somewhere, and then that's fine.
1: Coach, going, going back to this UNLV job, like we talked about this while the job was open, uh, and and I think you know people are excited about Kevin, you know, taking the job and being here. But in the coaching world, is this still looked at as a good job, or does Kevin have work to do to make it that again? Like, is 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 it a good job? Was it seen as something that was a, a good job for guys to go after?
2: Yes, and yes, yes, <laughs> it's a great job. Yeah. Um, but the league is, in my opinion, from where I'm sitting, the league looks like it's continued to get better. Um, you know, you know we, we often talk about how incredible the conference tournament was a couple of those years when we were there, when, when we were good, UNLV was good, and, and San Diego State was great, and BYU was great, and Mexico was great. That semifinal game, the atmosphere and, and the competition of those teams, it, it had to be as good as any semifinals anywhere in the country. Um, now, now BYU's gone, of course, but uh, those other programs that have, that have come in are, are good programs, Boise and... Utah State, Nevada, Um, it's tough. It's a really, really good league. But yeah, still, there's something about the UNLV brand and this, the fireworks and the the atmosphere um, that 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 makes it a very, very attractive job. What
1: uh, what are the challenges that he's going to face? And we talked about what he what he needs to do, but what could get in his way? Again,
2: he's got a. Get with the staff, you know, get the staff put together. They gotta you gotta hit the road right away. Not the road, literally. Not literally. Yeah. We can't go on the road no. until until June with the COVID situation. But they gotta recruit like crazy. Put the, put the team together. Put things in place. Um, again, again, the 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 league is so strong right now. Those other teams are good. It's not gonna happen uh, overnight. It Could with the transfers, you land the right couple guys, you can you can drastically. Impact your program with two or three impact guys. Um, But Kevin's going to do it the right way and and, uh, build something that's sustainable. I mean, obviously, everybody wants it and they want it right now. And and Kevin will make it happen as fast as he can, but then he'll have it in position to to build it and sustain it and and bring it back to to national prominence.
1: This is something we talked about, but I want our listeners to hear from a coach. Like, how important is it to give a coach time to just say, like, hey, you have time to do this? You don't have to win the national championship next year.
2: Well, it's, it's, it's very important. And, and it's you know, you see a lot of cases where, where where a coach might get let go in whatever year in his contract, late late in his contract, and, the, and then the very next year that the other coach comes, the new coach comes in with basically the returning team and, and figures it out. Or a coach is on the hot seat, you know, a coach is on the hot seat and then just absolutely crutches it. Look at, look at uh, uh, Wayne Tinkle at Oregon State. They were picked 12th. In the Pac-12 people, people, and they had good seniors this year, and, and people said he was on the hot seat. And I, I have a lot of respect for him. I, I like him a lot, but I don't think it was a secret that people from the outside thought he was on the hot seat. And look what he did. He yep. puts it together, and they got better and better and better, and <laughs> they're still playing. They won the won their coffee tournament. They're still playing. So that kind of stuff happens a lot. Um, you know, the, the important thing is that that uh, the coaches and the administration are in the same direction you know and and obviously at the beginning they are they're going to work together very very hard and and she's going to help him make it happen and and he's going to work his butt off.
3: Steve Henson with us Uh, we appreciate all the time before we get you out of here I want you to tell Vegas about what you're building what you're working with down there at UTSA and you know I think folks you know start to see the uh, the alphabet soup of uh, schools and you know they assume hey it's not a big school but I mean you're talking about a school with what undergrads and grads like 35,000 I know UNLV is going down there to play football and the football program's doing pretty well.
2: Yeah, our football program's on fire right now. You know, it's a relatively young football program. Our new, new coach came in a, a year ago and crushed it and he's killing it with recruiting and, uh, they'll pick, we pick to do great things. Our school's relatively young. Uh, but yeah, they, they've got over 30,000 students. The president wants to build it to 45,000. Wow. Um, our ba- basketball situation has been great. You know, we've, we've gotten better and better each year. We had two guys that, uh, the last four years that came up nine points short. Of the all-time leading scoring uh, title for classmates, we finished nine points behind Johnny Dawkins and Mark Allery in 1986. Wow. Um, we had one guy score 2,500; the other guy scored 2,000. So um, we've, we've had a lot of fun, made a lot of progress, uh, exciting times here. But but uh, man, all my thoughts right now are with uh, Kevin, and, and just I can't I can't be on your show and not say something. And Lindy Larock. Are you kidding me? How cool is that? I, I mean, that <laughs> is awesome. You got Kevin Kruger and Lindy LaRoc coaching those teams. I've known Kevin since he was four. I've known Lindy since she used to come to our camp with the boys and just light it up. Oh, wow! You probably have the best shooting head coach yes. combination in the nation. You'd have shooting oh, yeah, contests. Yeah. Uh, I'm so happy for both those guys. And, and uh, it looked like she had a great year, and Kevin's getting ready to do the same thing.
3: Very cool. Well, we appreciate you being available on short notice, and good luck in the future, and we'll catch up with you soon. Okay, thank you. Thanks
2: so much.
1: There he is,
3: Steve Henson, who, by the way, from the Kruger family. Sounds a lot like Lon, sounds a lot like <laughs> yeah, Kevin. Yeah. Um, I, You know, one of the things, if people don't know Kevin Kruger or remember Lon very well, the other thing that really struck me during the press conference today, and you'll hear this later on, we're going to play a lot of it for you in the 5 o'clock hour, there's so many references to we. Yeah. We're appreciative to get the job. We're going to do this. We believe this, and that's the way Lana always was. It's weird, isn't it? Like the selflessness, and like I don't think it's like laying off blame or anything. It's like, no, hey, no, this no. this is all part of a big basketball family. It's
1: yeah. it's a it's it's a system almost, you know, in terms of an approach to the game. And I think that's how it was, It wasn't like, as you said, it wasn't like a, a way of. Deflecting, it's no. more like, "Hey, it's a family thing." I'm
3: preaching family. We're all in this. And guess what? The, um, when I talk family, I'm talking
1: about away from
3: the court. Like right. they're part of it too. So when we, like everyone, talks family in sports, and then you find out, you know, uh, who's the Jabroni at Oklahoma State, um, mullet guy there, right? <laughs> right? Right? Where he's talking family all the time, and players are like, "He doesn't
1: know our name, Gundy." Yeah, Mike Gundy. He doesn't yeah. even know our name. It's very true and it's it's not only it's a basketball family, but it's also like the Kruger family and you know Henson is part of that as we know, but like that family is their family is about the game too. not just the basketball family but the actual family.
0: Visit Cofield's Corner on lvsportsnetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews.